Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. In the episode today, I'm joined by CEO and best-selling author of LinkedIn Unlocked, Melanie Dodaro. And Melanie and I are going to be speaking all about the importance of having a strong personal brand, particularly on LinkedIn. We're going to be talking about why this is important, what issues we can be faced when we don't have that strong personal brand in place, and most importantly, how can people begin to build a stronger personal brand through social media. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Melanie, how are you? I'm fantastic, Chris. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. It is my pleasure. I think it would be great to start, and for those who aren't familiar, to find out a bit more about you and your story, which I suppose at the moment is hard not to know from people following you on LinkedIn and other platforms, but perhaps just in a nutshell for now about who you are, really. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, (laughs) my story, who I am. Let's see. Uh, You know, one of the primary things that I do is I help people really understand how to use LinkedIn most specifically uh, to build relationships. Because I believe that when you stop collecting connections and you start building relationships, you increase trust, credibility, and of course, you attract more clients. And I think that there's too many people using social tools to collect connections. And so it's really my mission to help people build more meaningful relationships rather than just collect connections. Yeah. And I suppose that ties in quite nicely to what we're going to be talking about today of personal brand, the importance of it. And I suppose, first of all, for those that might not be familiar with that word, what do you think of when you hear the word personal brand? You know, it's it can be perceived in so many different ways, right? And what people don't realize today is that we all have a personal brand because of online, because of the internet, because of social media. You know, if somebody wants to learn more about you, they're going to Google your name. And for me, quite honestly, if I find a person who doesn't have an online presence of any sort, it creates major red flags for me mm-hmm. because it's very rare, right? Everybody's got a personal brand right now, whether you're an employee, whether you're an entrepreneur, you know, a professional service provider, a salesperson, doesn't matter who you are. We all have a personal brand because social media has basically made that possible, whether or not you have a website. And so you have the ability to control what that personal brand looks like. It does require a little bit of effort. It requires a little bit of work, but it's important to do because whether you're looking for a job or you're looking for a client or, or prospects or, or whatever it is, you know, your personal brand is already out there. What does it look like? Are you happy with what it looks like? Is it conveying the message that you want it to convey? Yeah. And I think, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times there, particularly in this day and age of social media and technology, it's, it's, a, it's a real way of differentiating you from the crowd, particularly when some people might work in quite a crowded and competitive marketplace. And you, know, you mentioned at the start about building trust and within from people to people is that that personal brand is that kind of first impression of doing that really. It is. It really is. I mean, at the end of the day, people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And the online world has made it so that it is a little bit harder to trust people because we have the ability now to expand our reach exponentially and go, you know, far out of our, our geographic, you know, region or restrictions. But when you do that, 
there also needs to be an enhanced level of trust. Because when you're dealing with somebody that is far away, for example, it's a little bit more challenging to know whether you can trust them. And I was just you know, working with my uh, content team and we were coming up with our content marketing plan for the next couple of months. And one of the topics that came up was I wanted to write an article about trust. And I used an example of recently I moved and I hired a moving company online that I found actually through social media. And they wanted me to send them to e-transfer them a 50% deposit, you know, six weeks or two months in advance of my move. And I was a little bit apprehensive about that because I was like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know if this company is legit. You know, I found them through social media. There's no guarantees, but I did do a little bit of due diligence. I didn't see any red flags. So I went ahead and I, you know, took the chance, but a lot of times people are finding me through a Google search or through online, you know, methods, whether it's social media and they're contesting me about my services and they're sending me money in advance of the services with complete trust. And they do that because I've built a personal brand that's not only strong enough, but that conveys trust, you know, through the level of activity that I have online to, you know, no one's ever going to worry that I'm going to go missing, <laughs> you know, that I'm just going to ignore them because I have, you know, this ubiquitous uh, platform where I, I am everywhere online. Uh, and of course, if you Google me, you're not going to find any negative reviews, no negative comments. There is a complete level of trust, even though I'm this maybe in some cases, unknown entity to somebody. And in a lot of cases, I might be, you know, on the other side of the world. Mm. So do you find then, you know, with people you speak to, or have you come across people that maybe you talked about before about this evolution of technology and social media that people just haven't caught up to that yet? And that's why they don't see personal brand in that way at the moment? People just really don't understand a lot of what these things are. You know, it's really interesting because some of the things that people do online are things that they would never do in person. For example, you wouldn't go to a networking function, go shake somebody's hand, and uh, as you're shaking their hand and introducing yourself, saying, and oh, by the way, would you like to buy my stuff? <laughs> but, they yeah. do, but they do it online. Yeah. And they don't realize that, you know, if you just forget that this is online and you think of it as real life or in person and you, you're going to treat everything differently. You know, you're going to treat people differently. You're going to speak differently. You're going to do everything differently. Just act as though it's in person, because if you do, you're going to have a lot more success. Mm. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned at the start about people avoiding trying to collect connections. I think it requires a different, not necessarily approach, a different mindset. Why are you trying to connect to that person? What what do you what can you bring for them and what can they bring for you? And having that kind of approach of I want to build trust, I want to build that relationship rather than I just want to connect to you because I need to sell to you. Well and sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just they're just collecting connections and they're not trying to sell. You know, uh, a lot of times they'll, you know, connect with a whole bunch of people and then just magically expect business to appear. And it's the same thing. I'll, I'll go back to the, you know, offline example again. It's the same thing as going to that networking function, collecting a whole bunch of business cards and never following up with anybody. So how does a LinkedIn connection turn into a client? It doesn't if you never have a conversation with them. Hmm. 
if you're just collecting connections and you're never having conversations, you're never engaging, you're never getting to that point where you've built enough rapport and trust to move that conversation offline, in the B2B world anyways, a sale is not going to happen. So a sale happens when you've built that level of trust to the level that they're willing to actually have a conversation with you. You haven't been all spammy and pitchy trying to sell them something right away. You've built rapport. You've gotten to know them. You've added some value. You know, you've had some dialogue and, and then you earn the right essentially to have that offline conversation because it's offline that you convert a prospect to a client. Yeah. What do you think are some of the, I mean, you've, you've touched on some there and some might be more obvious than others, but what do you think are the impacts of people not having a strong or even a personal brand? Well, it's going to definitely decrease the ability to, to be able to sell online, whether you're you know a business owner trying to sell a product or a service or you're a salesperson trying to sell your product or service. People want to know who they're doing business with. And even salespeople, Companies now are expecting to know something about that salesperson before they're going to do business with them. They're not just investigating the company. They're also investigating the salesperson. So you're at a distinct disadvantage by not having a strong personal brand because your competitors do. And if they don't, they will. You know, So anybody that's dropping the ball on this will regret this at a later date when they're trying to play catch up. Yeah, and I think... Do you know what? Not just about you know you not being able to differentiate yourself from the crowd, but also if you don't have that strong online presence or personal brand, you're probably not in the right kind of frame of mind to find out from your customer what their um, personal brand is saying, which means you might miss opportunities to get a bit more of an insight into what makes them who they are, what's important to them, how do you communicate with them, how do you approach them. Absolutely. And, you know, your, your LinkedIn profile, for example, I think is one of the most important parts of your personal brand, because when it comes to wanting to learn more about somebody professionally, they go to LinkedIn. If they want to learn more about somebody personally, they're probably going to go to Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's there that they're going to be able to determine, you know, a little bit about somebody. And so, you know, when it comes to LinkedIn or any social media platform, your personal brand or your LinkedIn profile in this case needs to achieve three important things. One, it needs to build authority. It needs to effectively build authority, your credibility, position you, you know, as an expert or an authority on your topic. Viewers need to know that you're credible. It needs to describe how you solve your prospects' problems. And this is the mistake that most people make. They make their profiles all about them. But if you create a client-focused profile that demonstrates how you solve the problem your prospects have, it's going to resonate with them. They're going to connect with it. Because at the end of the day, no one cares about you. They only care about how you can solve their problem. So make sure that that's identified in your profiles. And then, of course, it needs to increase trust and engagement. You want to inspire prospects to connect and engage with you. Yeah. You mentioned it there, actually, you know, maybe think of it straight away when you say sometimes people just make their LinkedIn profile all about them. And also, quite often people will just update a LinkedIn profile when they're looking for a job. And people sometimes don't seem to see the value in actually utilizing it to not just sell yourself, but sell when you're in a position as well within a business. Absolutely. And how you're going to approach your LinkedIn profile, for example, uh, if you're looking for a job is going to be different if you're using it as a business building tool. 
And it is an absolute complete misconception that people are using LinkedIn only to find jobs. I actually had this conversation with a, a marketer last week uh, that was from out of the country that uh, was visiting Amsterdam, which is where I live now. And we met for dinner and he said something about, you know, LinkedIn's a, pro, a, a place where people go if they're looking for jobs and like 16%. That's all it is. The rest, 84%, they're using it as a business tool, whether it's to network, whether it's to, uh, you know, develop a, a, you know, a professional presence, uh, connect with colleagues, look for opportunities, learn you know, one of the things that's very different about LinkedIn from Facebook, for example, is people don't care about business-related topics on Facebook. If you've ever tried to post an article or something of interest that's business-related on Facebook, you're going to get very little engagement on that. You post a picture of, you know, your meal or a selfie, you're going to get tons of likes and engagement. The reverse is true on LinkedIn. You post something that's educational, that's informative, that's of value to your ideal target, you know, target audience, people are going to engage with that. They're going to like it. They're going to read it. They're going to view it. They're going to share it. That does not happen on Facebook uh-huh. in most cases. Yeah, I think it's an important point as well when you know, creating content and sharing content is that thinking about this, and you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this, but thinking about from your customers or audience perspective, why are they using that tool, that social media tool, and adapting your content to suit that? Exactly. Example, you know, if you're going on Instagram, someone wants something short. So maybe it might be a quote with a little microblog underneath if someone does want to read. If it is business related, like you say, it's more LinkedIn than Facebook, whereas Facebook might be a bit more of a laid back off the cuff video that's a bit more fun and tongue in cheek. Yeah, Facebook people are, are, are scrolling through it for mindless entertainment. They don't want to think too much on Facebook. On LinkedIn, they expect to and they want to. It's a yeah. different mindset. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, we, we've touched on this already earlier on around the impact of not having a strong personal brand is around missing opportunities. And there's, there might be people listening to this podcast or people who think, oh, you know, our industry, our business, we don't do business this way. And it's like, they probably do. You're just getting left behind and you really don't realize, you know, what this evolution of technology and sales is actually doing to your marketplace until it's too late. Everybody's using digital tools. People are connected socially. They're connected digitally. They're mobile connected. This is how we are communicating today. So anybody that thinks this isn't relevant to them is sadly mistaken because it is. It's relevant to all of us. Now, having said that, there's certain tools that are more relevant to different audiences. For example, you know, for a B2C audience, they might have better success on Facebook or, or Instagram. For B2B, hands down, it's always going to be LinkedIn. So it's really understand. And, and Twitter is kind of a quasi in between. It can work for both B2C and B2B. But it's really about understanding, you know, who that audience is that you're wanting to connect with and making sure that your presence, your personal brand is, is compelling on those, play, on those platforms because you don't need to be everywhere. And in no. fact, you probably shouldn't be everywhere unless you've got a tremendous amount of time on your hands because it's really hard to do everything well. However, I will tell you, if you're in business, you know, whether for yourself or as an employee, do not neglect your LinkedIn pro- profile because that's important. That is a place where people are going to go and they want to find more information about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I suppose getting down to the, the practicality of it now, then people listening to this, how can they 
start to build a, a stronger personal brand? What are some of the things that they could be doing either when they listen to this or straight afterwards? Yeah. So spend some time, you know, writing, writing your profile, have a compelling headline on LinkedIn, for example, that's going to inspire people to click to learn more. In your summary, share a little bit about your story. Share a little bit about who you are, why you do what you do. Share anything that makes you credible. And a lot of people have a really hard time writing about themselves. You know, they're, they're, they're really, they get really stuck about this. So think about, you know, if you've been doing what you've been doing for 10 or 15 years, that's likely a lot longer than most people. So, you know, sharing that enhances your credibility share anything that's going to really position that and and position that you are an authority on your topic. Also include information about who your ideal clients are. Who are they? What problems do they have? And how do you help solve those problems? In your experience section, again, speak to, you know, who it is that you help, what it is that you help them with. What are the, the pain points that they're struggling with? What are the services that you offer? Do you have any notable clients client names that people would recognize? How can you incorporate social proof throughout your profile? You know, recommendations is key. If you're getting recommendations from past clients or uh, past employers or colleagues or peers, you know, that's powerful because when people are in doubt of what decision to make, they look at the decisions that others have made. So is your presence, online presence, indicating enough social proof for somebody to make that decision because that's going to increase trust exponentially faster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then another of course, point. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say um, another point you mentioned earlier on about, you know, being present, socializing because of, you know, the whole word social media is, you know, implies that we need to be social. And yet so many people, like you say, will just add connections and do nothing is, trying to in not trying to but engaging with your audience with a meaningful message of you know going out there and finding questions that are on linkedin or getting involved in conversations providing feedback just providing some value for people out there without necessarily expecting anything back immediately from it yeah absolutely i mean engagement is key too many people are out there broadcasting or they're not doing anything at all and at the end of the day you know if you've got a a profile on any social network, let's say it's Facebook. And the last time you posted was three years ago. One of the things I do is I'm constantly cleaning up my Facebook profile. And what I do is, uh, you know, when I come across uh, somebody, if I'm, you know, just doing some searches, I'll look at their profile. And if they haven't posted for two years, I'm like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to remove this person as a connection because they're not even engaged in social media. So why would I, you know, be wasting one of my 5,000 friends <laughs> on this person? Because Facebook posts that, you know, provides that limit. Actually, LinkedIn has a limit too. It's 30,000 connections. Now you can have additional followers if you're creating content and sharing content. So I've got well over 30,000 followers on LinkedIn, but I can only have 30,000 first level connections. Mm. So one of the other things, here's the the thing that really you need to have stand in your mind, and that's that your profile needs to pass their, what I call WIIFM filter. They're looking at your profile in the context of what's in it for me. Can they see by reading your profile what's in it for them? Whether it's connecting with you, whether it's having a conversation with you, perhaps hiring you, 
whatever that might be. And when I say hiring you, uh, you know, that could be from a job perspective, but mostly I'm talking about it from a, you know, a business or a sales perspective, you know, hiring you for the product or service that you offer. So always remember that, that WIIFM acronym, which is what's in it for me. If everything that you do needs to pass that filter, because that's the only filter they're, they're using when they're looking at, you know, your content or your profile or so forth. Mm. I kind of sometimes go through, you know, my LinkedIn or when I'm coaching people and read something and go, so what? Like, why Why should someone care about that? That's what you've got to kind of think. Why have you got that on your profile? What is What value is it bringing? And if it is a bit of a, a nothing statement, then get rid of it or rewrite it or put it in a different way where the customer's going to read that and go, oh, yeah, I get that. I get now why I should speak to this person or engage with them or connect with them. Absolutely, because everything that you write has three potential outcomes. It's going to either move a prospect closer to you, it's going to move a prospect further away from you, or it's going to keep that prospect neutral. And at the end of the day, anything that's going to move them away needs to go. And anything that's not providing any value and it's just neutral should probably go too. And you're going to want to create only things that are going to move that person closer to you. Mm-hmm. Again, from a business perspective, and there's some people out there that you know they don't have any need to, you know, use LinkedIn, and they're not actively uh, pursuing clients or looking to grow their business, or they might be you know in the later stage of their career and kind of winding down. Regardless of what it is, it's still your personal brand is still your personal brand. So whether you're going to use this for any purpose at all or not, you still want to have a compelling you know presence on uh, various platforms. And, you know, one of the things that's really dangerous today is, is the younger uh, people that are using social media and, and sharing their party pics and their, you know, drunken pics and their, you know, all kinds of different things that, that they don't realize that, you know, their future employers are going to see this, that their future, you know, prospects and clients are going to see this. And if you're not comfortable with everybody seeing something, and I mean everybody, your parents, your grandparents, your children, your grandchildren, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, future wife, future husband, you know, you name it, prospect, client, leads, employers, everybody. If you're not comfortable with everybody seeing it, then you shouldn't be posting it. No, no. And just to bring you back to one of the points you mentioned there that really resonated with me around, um, you know, sometimes people feeling like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to utilize you know, LinkedIn right now or that's not my platform or I'm winding down is don't ever get into a position where you then in a situation and then immediately feel like, oh, now I need to do it. It's kind of just being proactive with it so it's ready because you, you don't know if people are looking at your profile. You don't know that you're missing out on opportunities. So you should be proactive around it and not necessarily think, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll go down that route in six months as I like, have it ready right now so that when that six months comes, you've already built up a, a foundation for it. Exactly. The worst thing that can happen is to be scrambling to use these things when you really need it. Because if you yeah. haven't built, you know, that presence and you presence and that you haven't built, you know, some some connections and a network and some relationships, and all of a sudden you need something, you you don't have any right to ask for anything. Like mm-hmm. so for example, when I published my book recently, I have a lot of relationships that I've built online with you know, with people that uh, are influencers uh, globally, but also with people that are just advocates of my content. So, you know, a wide range of different people. And when I published my book, I had 
so many people willing to share that. But if I all of a sudden had never engaged with anybody, never engaged with any of the influencers, hadn't bothered to build a relationship with them, never engaged with the community of people that sharing my content, never created any kind of goodwill or anything with them, nobody would be interested in sharing that. No. So don't wait till you need it because that's the worst time. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. There's no better time than today. No. You've mentioned, um, you know, you've alluded to your, your book uh, a number of times and, you know, some, good, some great tips on here, but it'd be good to actually understand a bit more around your book, LinkedIn Unlocked, and for those listening, like what, what they can gain from, from, from having it and reading it, really. Yeah, so I wrote that book for one sole purpose, and that's to help people drive more sales using LinkedIn and incorporating social selling. And there's really only a few things that you need to do to do that. One is have a great presence so that your presence totally is client focused and speaking to your ideal clients. Two, you know, understand how to share content and some best practices so that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. That's going to hurt your credibility or damage it. um, But you're really enhancing it and, and staying top of mind as you start to build this network. And three, and most importantly is how do you go from a, cold connection, somebody brand new to an offline conversation where you can have that sales conversation. And what are those steps that need to happen in between? I call that the link method. And that's where you go from, you know, finding that prospect and LinkedIn's got phenomenal advanced search where you can easily find those people, very targeted searches. Then you can connect with them. And what do you say when you're connecting with them? Because when you're trying to connect with a stranger, the first question that they have in their mind is, Who is this person? Why are they trying to connect with me? So what do you say in those messages to connect with them? Then what do you do after you've connected with somebody? Most people do nothing. If you're not going to have a conversation with them, then that connection is useless. So you want to, you know, basically start to engage and build some rapport here. Then next, you want to continue to build that relationship. You want to build some trust. You want to add some value to them. And then ultimately, the last step is moving that conversation offline. Again, it's offline that you convert that prospect to a client. So it's basically taking people through what those five steps look like and how you do that and how you go from a a brand new cold connection to an offline conversation and ultimately a client. And that's what the book is because there's a zillion things that people can teach on LinkedIn and most of it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, what matters is you need to have a great presence. You need to look credible. You need to look like an authority and you need to have a strong personal brand. And you need to learn how to use this tool to generate new business, period. That's it. Yeah. And how can people find this book? It's available on Amazon. So uh, it's available in print as well as Kindle versions. So just go and look for LinkedIn Unlocked uh, on Amazon and you can find it. Great. And what when was it that you decided, Melanie, that you wanted to write a book? Like, can you take it back to that moment when you thought, I need to write a book? Yeah. So I wrote my first book on LinkedIn four years ago. And of course, I had to write another one this year because so much has changed on LinkedIn, not only the, from the, a user interface you know, standpoint, but also what's working because things change over time. People overuse things. Uh, 
we get fatigued on certain things. Some things no longer work. So I literally needed to write a brand new book because so much has changed. But why I wrote it originally was I offer a service called uh, LinkedIn Domination. And that's, you know, the full lead generation plan from me writing their profile for them, creating those lead generation messages for them, the outline of what they need to do, the action plan, step-by-step process. And what I realized is most people couldn't afford to buy that service, but so many people needed it. So my book was, you know, a really, really low cost way that people could get that information that in some cases they couldn't afford to pay me for. Mm -hmm. And some of the things you've, you've written in the, in the book or the inspiration behind it, did that come from you feeling like you had challenges with that before or is it something that you've always embraced and succeeded with yeah so I share some really personal uh, information in the introduction of my book and it's a little bit about my story and so my story it's it's too long of a story for me to go into any kind of great detail but you know I had a, a rough start in life let's say I was I, I didn't have a father I uh, was a, you know a single uh, the child of a single mother who was a teenager. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother for a lot of my childhood. Uh, moved a lot. Didn't really kind of develop a lot of relationships. Didn't really trust people. Didn't trust the you know the foundational people that one should be able to trust in their life, which is their parents. And so I you know kind of survived with that collecting connections mentality. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to build relationships because I don't trust people. And over time, I realized that, wow, I can't, like, this is not serving me. And I had this realization, and this realization actually came through social media and, and building a community on social media and watching how caring some people can be. And unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of that in the last year. Social media, especially Facebook, has become, in my opinion, a really ugly place in a lot of ways, uh, and which is why I really like LinkedIn because those kind of things, that negativeness and the bashing and the hatred and the, those things don't happen on LinkedIn. But I built this really amazing community of people that really kind of restored my faith in humanity uh, to the degree where I actually shared a video on social media that went viral around the world. And I shared the story about how I had never met my father. And my community of people helped this video go viral. And within three days, I was talking to my father on the phone for the very first time. So I had already learned prior to that, obviously, the importance of relationships. And it was because I understood the importance of relationships that I had built a community that was willing to help me and made this message go viral and, you know, resulted in me actually being able to find my father. Now I live in Amsterdam. So I was born and raised in Canada. I have aunts and cousins and a brother and a sister and nieces and nephews that live here in the Netherlands. And I actually just recently moved here so that I could be closer to them and get to know them and have my little nieces and nephews know who their Auntie Melanie is. Well, great story that is. And, you know, the power of connections, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, you know, it's... uh, it should never be underestimated. And there is a tremendous, you know, I've been blessed to build friendships with people all around the world. And in some cases, I don't know some of these people, you know, in person, but we've had phone calls and Skype calls and Zoom calls and so forth. And we've really gotten to know each other. 
Uh, and in other cases, you know, whenever we're, you know, in the same city at, at the same time, we'll make that effort to meet. So one of the things that I like to do is when I'm traveling to new cities is I like to put that out there to the people in my community that I, that I know online, but haven't had the opportunity to meet offline and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be in LA or I'm going to be in London, or I'm going to be in Manchester, or I'm going to be in Zurich or wherever it is I'm going to be. I'd love to meet up with you. And I always uh, make some time to actually meet up with people when I can. Sometimes I'm, you know, flying in and out and don't have the time. But whenever there's that, that opportunity where I could do that, I do it. Yeah. Well, next time you're in London, just uh, let me know. Yeah, I'm going to be in Manchester this week, but uh, not London. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm speaking no. at an event there. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. So what's next for you then, Melanie? What's the next sort of, you know, BHAG or next chapter, I suppose, within your career or and life I suppose if you look at it from the biggest perspective yeah so uh basically I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing which is helping b2b individuals and businesses uh really understand what it takes to generate leads consistently and predictably using LinkedIn and social selling I've got a couple more books in the pipeline can't believe I'm saying that because you know <laughs> after you just finish a book the next book is usually not on your mind, uh, but I'm actually uh, with a co-author creating a version of LinkedIn Unlocked for enterprise sales. So for large companies, large organizations that have sales teams that are going to approach it a little bit differently. Because in my book, I talk about you know understanding who your ideal clients are and defining who they are and, and you know creating content to position yourself as an authority. Well, a lot of times salespeople, large organizations, they're not responsible to do that stuff. That stuff's all already been done. It's already been, you know, defined. The content's been created for them. So they have a, a, a slightly different um, need. So I'm going to create a new book that's going to speak directly to that group. Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Yes, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else? And this doesn't necessarily have to relate to the topic personal brand, but for the listeners in terms of any tips or things that have worked for you that you think beneficial to share? You know, I'm, I'm just a big, huge advocate of LinkedIn and really devoting uh, time to it. And of course I don't get paid by LinkedIn. I'm not affiliated with LinkedIn. Uh, so when I'm giving advice on LinkedIn, it's, you know, it's solely just because it's what I believe in. And mm-hmm. I'm watching right now, almost a mass exodus from Facebook because people are fed up. They're fed up with the negativity. They're fed up with the political stuff. They're fed up with a lot of things and they're moving to LinkedIn. And that's good in some ways. And it's actually creating a little bit of a problem in other ways because those people that are spending less time on Facebook now, they're actually increasing the amount of time that they're spending and they're spending it on LinkedIn. And they think LinkedIn is Facebook and they're sharing content on LinkedIn that they would share on Facebook and it doesn't belong. Uh So understanding, you know, the different platforms that are out there and understanding that, you know, everything that you do on LinkedIn needs to be professional. It needs to be of a professional nature, no sharing, you know, cat memes or what you had for lunch or party pics or anything like that. Build your professional presence there. And I'll end with this. You want to always remember that your network it's important to grow that network and, and you don't need to grow it overnight. It's something that you're going to continuously grow over the lifetime of your career, but your network equals your net worth. It's your network that's going to generate business and opportunities and revenue and warm introductions and, you know, 
new leads, prospects, and clients and sales for you. So mm. build that, nurture that, grow that. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great closing thought there. So for, 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 um, for people wanting to follow and keep up to date with what's going on in your world, Melody, how can they find you? I blog every single week on topdogsocialmedia.com. I'm also sharing videos once a week on uh, YouTube. So youtube.com forward slash Melanie Dodero TV. Uh, so those are the two places where I'm consistent. And of course, you know, you're welcome to follow me on LinkedIn. I share uh, regular tips there as well, as well as on Twitter. Um, but my blog and my YouTube channel, uh, my, well, my LinkedIn profile are probably the three key places where you'll continue to get tips and strategies and i'll talk about you know trends what's working what's not working and so forth so those would be the best places and of course if you're interested in my book take a look at amazon just uh find linkedin unlocked it's a fabulous book i'm really proud of it it's uh it's a legacy book for me you know i know that some things will change over time with linkedin and it might need an update in three or four years from now but it's going to get an update like it's not going to be a book that i'm just going to forget about because this book is so fundamental on business in general. And mm. the so there's going to be maybe, you know, the odd thing that changes, but the fundamental, you know, the fundamental aspects of, of the book and the, the overall message of it is not going to change. No. no. Well, thank you so much for your time, Melanie. It's been a real pleasure getting your insights, your experience, and, and a lot of useful tips there. Um, so I feel like, you know, from a listener's perspective, they're going to get a lot from that because I know I, I have as well. Terrific. Well, thanks so much for asking me, Chris. I appreciate it. And it's been my pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. And for the listeners, thanks very much for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I shall catch you soon. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts you can find me on instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect to me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode